Hey, welcome back to the Sit With Sit podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Snikovsky. This season is focused explicitly on sitting with singlehood, how to live a meaningful life while still searching for your life partner. On the show, we process ideas and topics by engaging in thought-provoking conversations with different speakers. For our fourth episode, we're sitting with a gem of a human, a soul sister of mine, and overall an extraordinary neshama, Ariella Immerman. Ariella is the co-founder and chief brand officer of The Reflective, a marketplace providing modest women who are tired of scrolling for clothes with access to one website with quality modest finds that they'll feel confident in. She's also the host of The Reflective's podcast, More Than a Hemline, creating raw, honest conversations on the depth behind modesty, what it looks like in the context of a modern world, and how it looks different on everyone. So a few months back, Ariella and I recorded a prequel to this episode where we hoped as single women to speak into the hardships and struggles of this phase of life, but also with the optimism we all need to keep going. But in all honesty, we just were not in the best headspaces to do so. So tune in as Ariella and I get real about the importance of one's mindset and taking on this juxtaposition of maintaining a growth-oriented mindset while also humbly enjoying where we are in life. So without further ado, are you ready to join us with Sitting With Your Mindset? Feel free to reach out and DM me on Instagram at sitwithsnit and show your love by liking this episode and sharing it with friends. And don't forget, it's all lessons and blessings. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Sit With Snid podcast. I'm your host, Hannah, and we are sitting with singlehood and everything that that means. I'm so excited to welcome my dear friend. I feel like, honestly, she's like a friend soulmate, and we have a funny story about all of that, but this is my dear friend, Ariella Immerman. She is the co-founder extraordinaire of The Reflective. If any of you follow me on Instagram, there's no way you haven't heard of The Reflective. So hi, Ariella. How are you, my love? I am doing fabulous. How are you, my dear? Oh, it's been a really good day. And honestly, it just got better sitting down and like taking a moment and now getting to like talk to you and hash this conversation out. Uh, guys, in full transparency, Ariella and I recorded it like our episode or the first like draft of our episode actually a year ago. Um, that's kind of the theme of like the podcast is that I started recording a lot of the episodes like early last year. And honestly, with just like the struggle of my own journey with dating and the fear of coming out and exposing my actual feelings towards everything, I was definitely procrastinating on this launch. And it was actually Ariella um, who sat down with me. We kind of have creative powwows. We love just like brainstorming together. And she was like, Snit, like you just have to upload it. Like, I don't care if the marketing's not ready. I don't care if you don't have a launch, just like it needs to go out there. And so if you're listening to this, this is after like the first episode has been out there. And the, I mean, just like the response has been unwavering. I don't know if that's a word, unwavering. And it's just been like this huge wave of love and community and understanding. And it's just been amazing. So Ariella, thank you for that. I hope that everyone in your life, like whoever's listening to this, that you can find in Ariella, someone that just kind of holds up the mirror for you and is like, this is actually you. This isn't who, like what you're thinking is not who you are. Like do this, like you have to do this. 
Thank you, Snip, for making the content that I pushed you put out there. It is so good. And it's helped me so much just one episode in. So I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to rehash our conversation, explore new alleyways, and get down to business. I think it's like hard whenever I think of like time passing, like a period of time, because I'm like, oh, well, kind of wish we were married at this point. Like I like I would love to have Ariella right now on um, talking about like, oh, well, this will happen. And I have the clarity and the hindsight because now I'm married, Woo! which like, please, God, will happen and we'll have that follow up conversation. But here we are. And um, I think the beauty in that is also recognizing, at least for me, like from a year ago. I'm so grateful to Hashem, the universe, whatever you want to label it as. But for me, it's Hashem that I'm not married um, because the person I would have attracted a year ago is definitely not the person that I'm attracting today. Um, And thank God for that. Truly, 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 truly. Exactly. I think it's so interesting to note that we're in such different places today than we were a year ago. And the type of person you would have attracted a year ago would not have been what was best for you? No. No. I feel like it's almost kind of this like muscle and I kind of see it as like this, this like, met- like you know, a visual metaphor. The lens is totally out of sync and we just have to get into a clearer focus so you can see the image better. And, you know, they- I keep saying to myself, thank God that like, it's been all these years because the image just keeps getting clear. I get clear. I'm getting more clear on who I am, what I need, what I need to do in this world. And I think something I've been sitting with surrounding all of this is that I have given myself the space and the vulnerability to truly get to know myself. And what I mean by that is like stripping away those layers because we all have those masks that we wear that we want to appear, right? Like I want to appear like the modest influencer. I want to appear as this, that, and those could be aspects to you, but you need to strip those away and really sit with who you are at the core And understand that like there's good and bad in everyone. And bad is like so subjective because I think with any character trait or meta, there's a higher version of it and a lower version, like a high vibration and a low vibration. And I just find that everything, it can just be elevated in a certain way. So I think like last year when we were speaking, um, I know I was going through like a lot. I had just lost my aunt. I was struggling with like health things and I know that I was not in a high vibration. I mean, I faked it as best as I could because you have to fake it when you're going through it. But in complete transparency, it was one of the hardest times in my life. And I think it reflected in my dating. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. It's hard. It is. Yeah. It's really, really hard. And I think that I just, yeah, you need to be in a place. And I'm not saying like life's going to be perfect when God willing we meet our husbands because I don't think that's the case. I think it's just that you need to be solid with yourself, even if life is not perfect. Exactly. And I think there's a difference between like having all of your ducks in a row and being Mm. quote unquote perfect versus being more or less stable. And I'm not sure that differentiation is clear to me, so it may not be clear to others, but I think like what I said earlier about you receiving a very different person a year ago than you would have received today, 
I don't know if that's actually true because I think when you receive your person, you receive your person and that's your person. Mm-hmm. And I think that you're not going to be a hundred percent perfect and you're not going to be a hundred percent stable in every aspect of your life. When you do meet your person, I think that's sure. like a fool's dream. We always have growth to do. We always have more steps to climb in order to reach the peak of our potential. So you're never going to be a hundred percent at your potential self right. when you meet your person. The difference though is your mindset and the energy mm-hmm. that you're putting out there. And I think that's what is attracting your person, not necessarily who you are, but the energy that you possess and the mindset that you have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I want to talk more about mindset because it it's everything. Like I'm thinking about it and I think now in hindsight, if – I mean in hindsight, I was going through such a hard time, but in my mind, I know that I didn't let myself – um, label that narrative that way when I was experiencing it or else it would have just been 10 times worse, right? Like I, I was saying, I, I know I, I, I felt it in my heart, like I'm transforming. This is like the metamorphosis. Like this is like the butterfly, you know, development. The caterpillar is going in the cocoon and, and like see me in a couple like months type of vibe. And um I just think that the mindset bit is such an important thing to explore because the way we label things, the way we perceive them is our reality. It is the way in which we're seeing everything. So it is so crucial for us to be responsible and also just, it's not even about being optimistic or seeing the glass half full, half not full, but just being so careful as to how we label things and what we say to ourselves and the way we speak to ourselves because that manifests in how we show up, right? The words that we use to describe our experiences are so profoundly powerful. We don't even realize their sublime impact on us right? and how the words that we use completely shift and change and create our reality. It's crazy. It really is. And I feel like it's only later after something passes that I'm able to recognize that. And I'm curious if like, how do you in the moment, right? Because you don't want to dismiss what you're feeling. Like if something's difficult, you don't want to dismiss that emotion because I think also, you know, dismissing how you feel, it catches up to you. So how do you label something that is challenging, but without creating the energy surrounding it, that'll actually make it challenging. I don't know if that makes sense. Tell me if like you didn't follow the train of thought, but like, how can I, how can I authentically admit, okay, this is really hard, but I don't want to label it as hard because then that's going to attract challenges perhaps. And just like a negative cloud surrounding what I'm going through. How do you find that balance? Yeah. I think it's such an interesting question and a really important one. And it's actually something that I journaled about recently. Cool. Um, I was home for Thanksgiving and there was a situation that came up with my mom and I was just reflecting on it and I was reflecting on emotions Mm -hmm. and feelings. And 
I I had this breakthrough where I journaled that you are so valid to feel your feelings. Your feelings matter. And it's important to acknowledge them and to give them validity and to be accepting of them. Um, It's when your feelings and your emotions start to run the show and take Mm -hmm. over your life and impact the way that you react and interact with other people that it becomes problematic. And I think that's how I begin to understand the differentiation you're making between being accepting of the struggle that you're in versus like allowing that struggle to define the experience. I'd say that like it's so important to acknowledge the struggles in dating because it isn't easy. And I think it's so important to validate your emotions as you're going through your different experiences. Mm -hmm. If you go on a really bad first date and the guy is just so off target, I think it's totally fair to come home and be like, I am so frustrated. It makes sense that I'm frustrated because I'm exhausted by dating and I'm really ready to get married. And I'm really busy and it's really hard for me to take a night off during my busy schedule and go on a date that is just so wrong for me. Like it's so frustrating. And I think that acknowledgement is so healthy and it gives everything that you're feeling and going through validity. It's when we start to, I think, extract those feelings that we're having and we start to apply those on a macro level to describe the experience as a whole that it becomes really toxic for our feelings around the entire experience. For example, I'll give you some mindsets that I used to have last year when we initially had this conversation that I think really took me into a negative toxic space. I think it's as simple as people saying, where are all of the good guys? Where are all the normal guys? I don't understand. Which I used to say all the time, like, where are the normal guys? Well, first of all, you just need one guy. And second of all, they're around. They are. Like, the reason why you're not seeing any normal guys is probably because of your energy, which we went back to earlier on. Other toxic, I think, blanket statements are, you know, why isn't anyone setting me up? Like, why am I not getting suggestions? Yeah. Um, Where are the good shadhanam? Why don't people understand me? Like, I don't understand why people can't just, you know, see what I'm looking for, hear what I'm looking for, make an effort to get to know me. Well, all of these things are, no, like, let's zoom out. Yeah. Let's zoom out. And and remember who's in charge. It's taking those macro statements and also using them to attribute things about yourself, right? So from that really frustrating first date, you then decide to take that and say, well, no one can understand me. There's no good guys out there. I'm really hard to set up. And you're coming up with these false narratives about yourself. And that's what gets attached to you. That's what you end up carrying into the next conversation you're having about dating with someone. So that's yes. what shows up. 
Yes. Mind blown. Yeah. How did, how did you rectify those toxic statements? Like how would you see that experience now? So like fast forward, you go on a first date, guys off target. How do you deal with that frustration? What are the statements you're telling yourself now? I want to see, I want, I want us to go through that shift in mentality so that maybe we can all replicate it and understand it better because I think it's, it's vital, vital. It's crucial. And it's something that I'm still working on shifting. It's Mm -hmm. not, I'm not by any means at the end of that shift. I'm still in flux. Yeah. Um, Which makes it even more admirable, by the way. Speak again, speaking on something when you're in it is so much, I think it takes a lot of courage and bravery then obviously once you're through the tunnel. So thank you, truly, for sharing this. Um, It's needed. Thank you for allowing me the space to feel comfortable sharing it. I'm really, it's so important. I'm happy to feel welcomed and received. And I'd say... I'm trying to remember when the exact tip of the shift occurred, like the starting point. I'd say, you know, I went to Israel in May to be a Madraha for J internship. Yeah. Really with the main intention to date there. Like I really wanted to date in Israel. I wasn't having much luck in New York. I was frustrated by the dating experience in New York. I thought that maybe my person would be in Israel. So, hey, I've heard great things about Marissa Gross. She's a wizard. She's a fairy. <laughs> Let me go ahead and see what she's got for me. Um, it was not great for me. <laughs> mm, wow. Not great at all. Uh, isn't um, that in of itself just like, a, like frustrating and deceptive? Like I kid you not, like shout out to Marissa. I think she set up most of my friends and I joke that she like holds the gates of Shadokim in Israel. And then you, you have this, again, expectation that like, oh my gosh, it's a given. I'll go on dates via this person and you get there and it doesn't happen. That is such a letdown, honestly. Yeah. That, it's like, mm. It's a pretty mm. big blow to your- Your ego, your self-esteem, all the things. Right. She like can, has set up so many people I know. And like me, her, she's amazing. Like she really is an incredibly talented. Thank God. She, she really is blessed. She's so blessed. But again, like doesn't mean she's going to set up all of us. But like then you start wondering, well, why not me? Yeah. Why and, me? you know, there are a lot of, yeah, why not me? And there are a lot of, I think, points throughout my experience dating in Israel that really, I think, muddled my thinking and really made mm-hmm. me have a lot of self-doubt and who I am in the context of dating. Oof. You know, dating in Israel is just very different than dating in America. So and so, so, you know, I had to change my resume a lot. I had to really think about what kind of life I wanted to live. Like most people dating in Israel want to stay in Israel it was just like a lot of like confusion that I put myself mm. through. And so when I came back to America, like I, I breathed a breath of fresh air. I had a dating experience that was really not great. So that made me go through a lot of like reflection. And then I had another dating experience that wasn't great. Just like, so not for me. Mm. Thank God I knew right away, but I was like, really? And then I, haven't received a suggestion since. I went on J-Swipe for about a month. 
I, I toil with the app as well. I have like six month periods where I download it. I'm on it for five minutes and I'm like, nee, 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 and then I get off it. And then I find out that like so-and-so got engaged through J swipe and I'm like. Right. Right. Like that's so much of, I think the issue in dating is that we hear all of these success stories of people going to a certain matchmaker or using a certain app. And we're like, Hey, it'll work for me. But like, you can't let your effort in one of these areas get you down. Meaning like, I think a huge part of the shift that I'm starting to have is like the balance between Hishdadlis and the Tahom. Because mm. when we hear of success stories with people like Marissa Gross and through apps like JSwipe, we'll then put in our effort into spending all of our time on JSwipe because we've heard it's successful and we're like, hey, it'll happen to me too, hopefully. But we can't confuse the effort that we're putting in with the result. Like, no, like don't limit at the end of the day. Right. I could be sitting on my couch and my husband could just accidentally WhatsApp me from one of the million Gadalia Fenster group chats that I'm in. I don't know. Like, (laughs) I've gotten messages from random strangers. (laughs) Hi, I found you in blank WhatsApp group and I'm looking to get married. And I'm just like, I applaud. I applaud your bravery for messaging me, but I just don't think it's Shia. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so you don't know. Maybe one day it will be Shah. Um, yeah, it's true. So you just you don't know. And I think anyway, circling back to the shift that I had. Yeah, please. I had all of these really bad dating experiences over the last six months, and even me saying bad dating experiences is a misuse of my mm. words because I don't want to define my experience like that. Um, I want to be really careful in how I'm telling this narrative. I was learning experiences. Myself. Yeah. Major learning experiences for the best. And they weren't bad. I want to amend that. They were really pivotal oh, and good. really big and really challenging. I really – I was challenged through them and I had to reflect a lot after them and I really grew a lot because of them. And I thank God have mentors in my life who really I'm able to use as, as a, a feedback mechanism for myself. So, mm-hmm. you know, after each of these experiences, I would talk to my mentors and I'd come out with new realizations and, you know, the realization that I'm at now and like where my shift has taken me is that you attract what you put out there. You really do. Your energy is magnetic. And I want my energy to be in a really healthy, positive space. Mm. And after two and a half years of dating in Shadokim, you know, I I need to remove myself. I, I want to remove myself. I want to cleanse my mindset because it can really, really get you down. When people are speaking about Shadokim, when you're around people who are complaining about it, when it's just like, yeah, there's just like, there's a lot of toxicity 
in the way that we speak about Shadokim and the pressure that we put on people to get married by a certain age, it just objectively is not healthy for your mindset. And to reset your own intentions of why you want to get married, like what kind of marriage you want to have, really how you see your individual life playing out, your life with another person playing out, like really going back to the intention behind why you want to get married in the first place, I found for me was a really great place to start. Mm. That is such important reflection. And I think people don't do it enough. Like I think that marriage is so expected, especially in our circles, that people do it robotically almost and they're not conscious at all, which is the biggest red flag because we don't want to end up in unhealthy marriages. We want to be happy, fulfilled. You know, we want to actually fulfill the mission statement of marriage, which is actualizing our potential. Like you are full on your own, but there is a part of you that cannot be accessed without the mirror that will be your husband. And it's a collaboration of these two individuals who are full individuals who have developed themselves, but that they can only extract something um, in the long run together. And I think that the stigma that society has put on us, unfortunately, is like, I almost want to like tell the world, like disclaimer, this is not Hashem. We are completely forgetting to bring Hashem into the picture because if Hashem deems that you need to be 45 when you get married, there's not good or bad in that. Time is a human construct. That's up to Hashem. And I think the stigma that we're creating, I I mean, that's my biggest hope with this podcast is to really amend it because we already have so much hardship in this area. Why are we making it harder for people? Why? Exactly. Like why? Exactly. Exactly. You know, going back to the intentions on why you want to get married in the first place i heard a really helpful uh commentary and idea on this mm-hmm. from miriam amsel she's amazing she's an educator and she just is full of wisdom she said like really if you think about any tefila that you've you know asked for, created, like put out there into the world, Hashem listens and has listened and answers and fulfills your request for what you're asking for. But it is your actual desire that he's answering, not what you think you're asking for. Mm, so, can you expand on that? Yeah. So for example, I could say, I want to get married because I want to have a home where I can keep a kosher kitchen and celebrate Shabbat properly. Mm -hmm. Well, my desire is to have a home where I can keep kosher and Shabbat properly. Right. Hashem answered that to feel it for me through giving me an apartment on the Upper West Side where I can keep kosher and Shabbat properly. So the desire keeping Shabbat and kosher was fulfilled. That desire is check. But Mm -hmm. 
why else would we want to get married? Right? Like get you really, really clear. Think. You have to get clear on your actual desire before you ask for what you're asking for, because Hashem will fulfill your desire. That's nature to But mm-hmm. I don't think we often have that clarity. I mean, I know I didn't for a long time. I think my desire now has shifted. Like I really want to get married because I want a partner to push me to fulfill and reach my potential. And I want to do the same for someone else. That's my desire. But, you know, I think a lot of the times like around Pesach, for example, I feel so lonely and my tefillas for marriage will be at their peak, but they'll be at their peak because I am so sick of sitting at someone else's Seder table. (laughs) It's like, is that my real desire? Like, because I don't know. Yeah. And I think about it. That tefillah, ultimately, like it, like it comes in waves. There's going to be moments like, I mean, let's be real. Like I love going to my friend's weddings. I love being by their chuppah and that tefillah of wanting to get married then, whoa, it is like, I'm like, come on. I want to be under my chuppah. Like, let's go. Um, but I find that the most pivotal moments of tefillah about uh, marriage for me are the subtle moments during the day where the desire isn't coming from like a lacking, but like, uh, I'm like really enjoying this like walk. And like, I just want to be able to tell my partner about it. like little things like that also. And I think it stems again from the foundation of like, I do want to share a life with someone. I want to be, like you said, the the vessel that helps that person achieve what they need to achieve. I also want to be able to achieve what I need to achieve. And I need that essential piece. And I think that just also, not even just getting clear, but I think again, understanding why like Hashem created man and woman. Last Shabbat, I actually had like a really nice experience. I was, I did like a solo um, Friday night at um, like a family that I'm very close to their house. And it was the best thing ever. It was like me, yummy food, a glass of wine and like books. And as much as like I come off as an extrovert, I have a very introverted side and that like literally fulfilled me in a way that I can't describe. And I picked up a book by Manus Friedman and I wish I had the full name. I'll have to like um, put that in somewhere, but it talks about the intimacy of marriage and understanding it from the you know history of why man and woman were created. And it's written so well. I think Rabbi Friedman just finds a way to speak into everyone's listening and it's not hard to read. It's not super Jewy for those people who might like, you know, uh, about that and just understanding what that intimacy is. And I think the bottom line, like also we crave it because it was once a part of us at the fundamental level. I know it's a little esoteric to get there, but on that level, that, that person was once a part of us. We should like that. That's what it is. Bottom line. So we miss something that was once a part of who we are. So that feeling, that longing, it's normal. It's natural. And I think I've had to talk myself down from it so many times because I'm like, I must be going crazy. And it's like, no, this is natural. Like, thank God you're experiencing this because if not, that would be an issue in my opinion. Exactly. And not only is it natural, it's healthy. Like, I think Going back to tefillah, mm-hmm. when we daven from a space of lack or Ooh. sadness or pain, they're still valid and healthy in received tefillah. But 
I think there is this concept of like dominating from a place of like positivity and just gratitude and fullness that can, I don't pretend to know what's going on up there. I want to say that first. Like, I don't know disclaimer how I need to feel or received. I'm saying from the standpoint of what it does for you Mm. to be able to get yourself to a place of fullness where you really do want marriage and you're asking for it on your good days. That is a whole new level of storytelling. It's very telling, like what you pray for when things are going your way. Um, And like when things are quote unquote, like seemingly good, what you're praying for or what you're thanking Hashem for, very, very telling of what is truly in your heart. Um, Because it's, yeah, when you're down that, I mean, it's normal, that victim mentality. Again, you're taking those macro statements or the assumptions we create about why things aren't happening we are labeling them and internalizing them to our identity. And then we're showing up again. Talk about the masks. Yeah. Yeah. Like those are the masks. And I think it's so important to figure out a way to then release them so that when you are talking to your creator, you're coming from a neutral place and you're just being real. Exactly. Being real free of judgment on yourself. You know, you mentioned a point, like, why isn't this happening for me right now? It's even questions like that, that we, we internally have that are blocking us. Like the second I'm telling you, like, I've only had this shift snit in the last week because I haven't received a suggestion (laughs) in so long. And not so long. I'm sure people have had longer. I've had longer. I haven't, whatever. It's been a few months. Who cares? It's a, it's been a while and I really want to get married. So I'm like, hello, what's going on here? I'm like, Hashem, seriously? Like, why haven't, like, <laughs> I'm like, is this thing on? Like, <laughs> is my connection strong enough? Like, what's going on here? And so like, I've been doing like all this gula. Like, ah, I'm in a Misha Barak group now. Like, I've been reaching out to a million Shadhanam. I got a dating coach. I'm doing like maximum Hashtadlis right now. And I still think I need to be doing more. Refresh my resume. Like, yada, yada, yada. And then like, you know, a few days ago, I started reading Super Attractor. Ooh. And I was like, I just want to let go. I'm done. And then I just decided after listening to your podcast, by the way, like this is what inspired me. I'm actually done putting an effort right now. I'm on break. I decided as of yesterday that I'm just going to take a few months for me and love that for you. not do all this effort that I was doing because you can get really frustrated and burnt out is what happens too. You get burnt out. Yeah. I asked, I, I have this dating coach now that, you know, my first question off the bat was what's the balance between Hashtadlis and Betachon? Because I just don't understand the mathematical breakdown. Yeah, it doesn't seem logical to me. And I don't think it's a logical equation, by the way. I think it's so, <sighs> I think it's just really the, tr- it's, it's involving Amuna. You have to bring the Amuna into it. It's like the, the variable that's not in the equation, but it is in the equation, the Amuna bit. It's, right the balancing of all of it. That's what equates that equation to me, at least. I'm curious what your coach said. 
she was very practical. She was like, you do your hashtavas up until the point where you start to feel depleted. If you start to feel depleted by That's any effort, yeah, you got to stop. Because if you're putting in effort from a place of desperation, mm-hmm. depression, depletion, all of the Ds, like... attracts some the same vibration. Let's just put it that way. Exactly. And that's why I really, like, I, you know, like getting in touch with your own vibrations and just being happy and present and content with where you are now. It's so true. It's so real. And I think these types of conversations, just normalizing them and just being open about it, like, it's so important because. I don't want anyone to feel like they have to just put on a smile on their face and go to another like Shadhan meetup and meet with 10 women and feel like you have to flirt with them and make them like you. I I actually, that like I have an aversion to those types of experiences. Like I run the other direction. Um, and I found for me, especially with my journey, is that sometimes your hijjadlis won't look like going on many dates. I think there's people who they're like, everyone's Hashadlis will look different for dating. I'll first say that. I dove into Hashem early on and I said, Hashem, let my Hashadlis not be serial dating a million guys because knowing myself, I will be so hurt. I will get attached. I will get so burned out so much quicker. Let the work that naturally I have to do on myself because I'm a growing human being, I should say becoming, um, let that work also count for work for dating. And I think that was one of the first things I ever daven for when it came to dating because I said, listen, I'm going to have to roll up my sleeves regardless. Let it also count for dating because I know that it's going – I just know myself. So no, I actually haven't dated that many people compared to a lot of my friends. And I used – that used to be a judgment um, like flag for me. That used to be like there must be something wrong with me if I'm not dating a lot of people. And then I had a moment of like self-reflection. I was like, no, like I really didn't ask for this. Like I know myself dating a lot of people would drain me immensely. And some people, they need to date a lot of people to know what they want, what they need. Me personally, I'm able to have that conversation with myself and not have to experience it. So I'm able to self-reflect and kind of know, okay, these are my core values. These are the non-negotiables. And then when I go on dates, the ones that I have been on, Thank God, like I have had wonderful interactions that have taught, like reassured me that I'm doing the right thing. If that makes sense. So I first love that. and foremost, dating won't look the same. In the same way that you can't expect downloading JSwipe and going to Marissa Gross will compute to like you having your husband, your process is going to look so different than mine and vice versa. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I think also... I say this like with so much love and understanding because I I mean, we've been there. We've been in that space that's just like, you can't, you, it feels like you can't get out of it, first of all. And everything just keeps like, it's like piling up on each other and negative energy just breeds that negative energy. But I truly, truly feel that all the experiences I've had thus far have just made me into such a better human being. And it will absolutely show up as a better wife one day. And I'm not, and also like, I I also want to disclaim that there are very uninvolved people who end up getting married. Let's just put that out there too. 
people get married like that. But I think for those of us who do not want to just simply marry someone because that's the status quo and we understand what marriage truly is, right? Like it's, it is a real spiritual bond, right? It's a, that we're bringing into the physical realm. We want to be the right vessel to receive it. We need to be the right vessel to receive it or else we can't contain it. We can't contain it. So the way I see it is like, I, I really want to like try like doing what's it called? The wheel? Like the, I want to throw. I don't know if I'm saying the right things. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, cool. Yeah, pottery wheel. Yeah, pottery wheel. Like I'm building a new clay. And at, like, honestly, it's like kind of like this, like it's like a TikTok video where you're like, you made a really pretty vase and boom, I smash it. And then I have to recreate it all over again. And I think if we get comfortable with that modality of this like create and then it gets destroyed, create and gets destroyed we're actually reflecting what Hashem does, right? Like the shattering of the vessels, creating the world, everything. And when we can replicate that type of energy, then you're stepping into Hashem consciousness. Then that's when you're able to have, I think, your free will aligned with Hashem's will. And then you start seeing things align in a way that's magical, magical. It is the best feeling in the world to me when I see that like what I'm putting my effort in aligns with Hashem's because things just click. It clicks. And please God, that's what I want to feel when I'm dating. Not this like feeling in my stomach where it's like this angst and you're not supposed to feel that way, friends. That's your intuition, your neshama telling you something's not right. And it might not even be the guy. It might be that the environment that you're creating to meet this guy is incorrect. I'm obsessed with this. <laughs> I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> what you're saying is so big. You you just like dropped a million precious pearls of wisdom that I think it really wasn't me, guys. I don't even remember what I just said. <laughs> like disclaimer, I always like depending on who I'm speaking to, but I always pray before an episode that like I really am just speaking out what like Hashem wants me to bring out to you guys. I don't remember what I just said, truly. Like, You're a queen. You're a queen. Out. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. I love when you blackout. So great for all of us. It's, such a, it's, it's honestly like a tikkun for the blackouts I experienced in college, but I won't digress. <laughs> We love a shift like that. Thank you. I just have to stay real. Just got to stay real. Keeping it real, sitting with it. Yeah. I really think what you're, everything you just said, like getting comfortable with our vessels being broken, I think is so big because what happens when your vessels are broken, they're rebuilt into something bigger and the potential for what you're going to receive is larger. And who wouldn't want that? And so like- you know, kind of bringing this conversation full circle, like you asked at the beginning how we can balance kind of acknowledging the struggle without it letting define the experience. And I think like we can do that through this. Like it's painful to literally be broken into a million tiny pieces. Objective. Embrace the pain though. I think the connotation we have with pain needs to be understood a little bit better we can handle yeah. it first of all we can handle pain we, totally we can handle can pain handle it. it's a part of the process it's temporary it Please growing pains for a reason mm-hmm. you know 
And to your point on intuition, I think it's so important to get in touch with your intuition and your gut. And I can't tell you how many times I've ignored it and it would have solved and prevented so many hardships along the way if I had just earlier on. To quote one of our mentors, you'll know exactly who I'm saying, but um, for privacy reasons, I won't say their name. Nothing good can come from ignoring your intuition. Nothing good. Your your intuition is your neshama. Hashem placed your intuition as a mechanism for you to lean into your soul and have insight in this physical body. It is the biggest gift that we, I don't think necessarily have the tools early on in life to cultivate. And I, I think it's a part of our jobs to kind of recreate the system of like Hinuch and educating children because it's so important to be taught from a young age to listen to your intuition in a right and healthy and balanced way, but better late than ever, you know? Um, but it's crucial. Yeah, it really is crucial. I am so happy we re-recorded this. Guys, I hope you're happy. Um, Before we go, um, I have a practice that I like to end with. And I feel like we are constantly running through the week. We're doing so much. And again, it's sometimes really hard to sit with everything we're experiencing. And I just want to give you space to sit with something. It doesn't have to be anything pertaining to the conversation we just had. Um, But I just want to give you space and kind of the floor to sit with something and kind of share it with us. Sariella, what are you sitting with? Mm. Can I turn it on you and ask what you're sitting with? Yeah, I'm so happy to also do that. Yeah, do that. (laughs) I am sitting with kind of the feeling that I just climbed a mountain And I'm at the top of it and I see what was behind me. And I also see what's in front of me. And in front of me are more mountains. (laughs) And I'm trying to take like this mindful breath of like, just like own the fact that you're at the top of this mountain. Don't be so concerned about the next one or what just happened before you just like own the fact that the view's nice. Um, I think it's really hard to be present especially when you are growth oriented because you're constantly thinking of the future. You want to be better, but who are you right now? And I'm honestly really proud of who I am right now. So I kind of want to bask in that a little bit and give myself the ability to enjoy the person that I worked on, you know, like yesterday, like yesterday I worked really hard to be the person I am today and I kind of like her. So I want to own it right now. I love that so much. I am also really sitting with a similar state of mind and feeling in that I also, I'm so growth oriented and looking to the future. I have so many goals and ambitions for myself right now. There's so much I want to do. I'm a perfectionist. I am so hard on myself and I have a really hard time acknowledging that where I am now is really impressive and it took a lot to get here and I've overcome a lot to get here. I, I, it's impossible for me to recognize that it's really, really hard. So I'm sitting with that and trying to find that balance of what you're saying and being content with where I am now and really proud of where I am now while also still striving. And it's really, really a delicate balance. And, you know, I think this time of year is recording this episode in Kiss Leave. I, I've always notoriously in my 
past few years of being aware of the energy of each month yeah. at Hard Kiss Slaves. Like, I, it's just a really intense time for me. I'm, you know, a Sagittarius, and maybe it's because it's my birth month, but comes it's with the territory. What? I said it comes with the territory. It's a dark, yeah, like it's, it's really- a dark month, which means yeah. there's a lot of light. <laughs> yeah, like- just so much potential for light, like a concentration of light. So much so that it's dark, and climbing out of that and like accessing that light is really, really difficult. And so I'm trying to tap into that and be kind to myself at the same time. I'm really yeah. just searching and yearning for that kindness. So much life. love for you and for what you're going through, and just. I think whenever we need to be kind to ourselves, we have to imagine that, like, would you treat your best friend the way you're treating yourself? That's it. Yeah. Well, Ariella, again, thank you so much for just being so open and vulnerable with me and just being real and being such a light. You really are. And I'm so happy to have you on this episode. Thank you for having me. <laughs>